Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm John Black. I'm the CEO of Aldebaran Resources. Uh, we're a group of seasoned explorationists who specialize in identifying opportunities to discover and develop large copper deposits. We're on to an exciting, exciting project called Altar in Argentina, and I'd love to present more to you about that today. Hi, John. How are you? How was, well, we only saw you last month. What have you been? What yeah. have you been up to? Well, we've been we've been winding up the field season at Altar. It's it, as as people are probably aware, it's southern hemisphere, so it, we're coming into the winter season right now. Uh, we've gotten the, the first drill results out a week or two ago, and we're looking forward to another batch of those to come shortly in another another few more weeks. The labs are a little slow right now, but the, they're coming in. So it's good to see those results. And we're already beginning to prepare for what we anticipate will be a pretty aggressive season next next year, next field season. Right. So this is the first of many, which, which is great. But I want, to, I want to come back a bit to when we spoke to you in May, 50 cents, you're up to 61 cents now. The markets reacted well to the 43-101 by the looks of it. Um, what, what's the feedback been? It's been good. It's it's. Uh, I think people understand that we've set the table now uh, by by recasting that resource and, and understanding it better. It helps us identify where we want to take it now and go forward with the additional exploration. It shows it as a large, large resource at a better grade than we had before. And we have a much better handle on where portions of the deposit have some arsenic in it. And that's been a perception as being a problem in the past. It's more of a challenge that needs to be managed. And now that we can better characterize where that's at, we can show that that's much less of an issue. So I think people see that we've set, set things up well with that. And we're, we're now ready to, to continue to expand the resource, but more importantly, identify zones of it that have better grade, better economics to it. I mean, I thought the, I thought the interesting thing about the 43101 was um, it, addressing the arsenic question which kept coming up and we've been speaking to you for over a year right so we've kind of followed the the movement of this story for over a year the arsenic story came up every single time we asked people for questions it didn't it hasn't come up the last couple of times do you think people are now getting the fact you know how to deal with it i think i think there's a comfort level that we we now understand better where the arsenic is and what the levels are and so uh we we were a long ways from showing exactly how the project will be developed we're Still, we're still really trying to understand what it is we have. We have a lot of resource there, but uh, we're certainly not done exploring and we're, we don't think we've even found the best part of it yet. But there's a comfort in knowing that the type of work we're doing is uh, characterizing this and has the geologic detail necessary to define the challenge that we have there. And that, that, uh, that gives people comfort that we can show a pathway forward on how to work with that. Okay, okay. What about the urine in? Again, that is a question we get a lot. It's in terms of yeah, trying to understand yeah, what, what, are the, what are the terms? What's the timing? What's the you know, in terms of cash, are you going to be able to um, you know get that over the line? Our earning agreement is we have an option to earn up to an eighty percent interest in the project from Sabani Stillwater. Um, the first the toll gate on that is we earn sixty percent by completing thirty million dollars worth of, a, of attributable expenditures on the project. And we had five years from the start of the agreement to do that. We've completed the first two years of the agreement. We have three more full field seasons to, to meet our obligations. And we're, just, we're at about 15.5 million right now. So we're just, just over halfway in the first two years. Uh, there's no set amount. There's a minimum of 3 million per year. We far exceed that. And we anticipate that we will be 
completing that 30 million earn in well before the, the, the end of the next three field seasons. Most likely it'll probably happen in the next two field seasons. So there's no, there's no um, penalties or benefits to paying earlier or running, the, running it? No. Right, as, okay. as soon as we meet that threshold, then we have a 60% interest, which is kind of a critical step for us because until that point, we technically don't have any interest in the project. So that will be, we've driven to, to get to that point. Keep in mind our largest shareholder, Route 1, which has a very significant part of the company, as well as Savani Stillwater, who also shareholders of our company, are both quite committed to, to having us get to that milestone. And the recent capital raise we did uh, puts us in it. it. It took out some overhang. I think the market was aware that we might need to raise money. And it always helps to get that behind you. And, and part of the reason for we've been in a position to have a share price increase with increased visibility in, in Argentina and better copper price now is because we don't have that overhang and we're set up for, for a strong field season next year. It's interesting, it, the timing of that, because you're coming to the, you know, it's, it's coming up towards winter. You've got a little bit of work to do, but in terms of the, the big ticket items, you don't really have any for the next few months, do you? Not for the next few months. We're in a, in a quieter period um, when we'll, we'll make sure everybody gets their vacation taken care of and caught up on that. But we're already beginning the planning. And, and what the difference between the pre previous field seasons is that we anticipate we'll start much earlier next year. So, And when I say next year, it's really this year. By October of this year, the next field season is when we plan to be on the ground. So several months earlier than we have in the past. And we anticipate a much more aggressive drill program next year. I'm not in a position to say the amounts just yet. We'll, we'll, when we have full, full board approval on that, which will be about September, we'll be able to outline that program. But it'll be a substantially more aggressive program than we've done in the past and starting earlier. It also helps that Pachon, who had the, the deposit next door to us that Glencore operates, they've cut in a, a low elevation road into the project areas. And that's that's going to gain us some time on both ends of the field season. So uh, much like uh, our neighbors, Philo and, and Jose Maria up to the north, everybody's pushing to extend field season right now and try to be working more of the year. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to ask you about that. I think, again, I think one of the other kind of I'm kind of going through the the main concerns of investors when they kind of write into us. Another one is, OK, the Argent, Argentina factor. And we, we've spoken with um, Philo and Jose Maria recently. So we've got a, a good sense of how they're they're approaching it. What, what's what's your take on how you found doing business in Argentina? Is the Argentine factor a genuine concern, or is it you've just got to know how to handle it? Argentina is is a slightly more complicated country than some, but it's but it's been relatively stable. As we've seen a lot of other countries go through political changes or potential political changes right now, or discussions of tax increases, and not that that might not happen in Argentina with these high metal prices. But they've been encouraging us to operate and encouraging us to mine going forward. And it's very, as, as most people know, it's very uh, dependent on where you are in Argentina. There are certain provinces that are very pro-mining. There are other provinces that prefer not to have mining as part of their economic activities. So you have to treat it where you're at. Fortunately, in San Juan, where the Altar project is, and Salta, where the rest of our earlier stage projects are up north, are very pro-mining, very mining-friendly provinces. And um, and we've seen that in the number of results that have been put out by some of our competitors and the market response to that. Argentina has kind of gone from a, a known, what was known as a more challenging country to being a more attractive country right now in, in terms of exploration investment, particularly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. In fact, we're, we're going to do a piece on Argentina soon. Um, we just want to sort of, you know, talk. We've been doing this in, um, in Chile and Peru and 
Ecuador and previously in Mexico. And we're just trying to understand the reality because I think the per- perception versus reality is something we're, we're just trying to figure out mm-hmm. and, you know, in terms of that risk profile. But there are so many uh, foreign investments into these countries and, and business seems to carry on um, as normal in, in most instances. And it's a case of, you know, do you need to be an experienced team to know how to tread? Do you, is it all about what the locals do? Uh, you know, wh- wh- where, where, where are the bits that you fall down on? What are the bits you fall down on? Yeah. It'd be a great time to, to do something like that in Argentina right now. I think it'd be good for the markets awakening to, to the potential in Argentina. And I, I find it fascinating that Argentina right now has a, has a wonderful opportunity to really develop mining as a more significant uh, part of their economy, at least in those provinces that choose to, to embrace mining. And um, when we look around the world, there's a real scarcity of large undeveloped copper deposits and, and the copper price is shot through the roof. And as an industry, we're not very good at finding new ones. And when you look at those that are available and undeveloped, Argentina has quite a number of them. Just in San Juan, there's ourselves, we, we've got, you've recently spoken to Filo and Jose Maria, uh, Glencore has Pachon to the south of us, uh, McEwen has Los Azules to the north of us. Those are all undeveloped large copper deposits right in San Juan province. So you can imagine the potential if they were to begin to develop those in the province. This could be an economic driver of importance for, for decades and, and substantially change the the provincial economies as well as the economy of Argentina. And it's interesting, the mining minister of Argentina, Mr. Hensel, uh, came from San Juan where he was the mining minister and and is trying to replicate the San Juan model at at more of a national level, but not the complete nation, just those provinces that that choose to embrace mining. So there's a good recognition of the potential for mining to to really become an important part of the economy. And and that's even more important right now as countries um, in South America trying to drive themselves out of the economic challenges presented by the pandemic. So it'd be, be a great opportunity for Argentina to to, to facilitate the development of some large copper deposits right now. So just, just something with the thinking about here, because someone sort of threw an analogy at me this morning about, you know, you know, someone had made a statement about broadly doing business in the United States. And they said, well, you know, it depends state by state. You know, they've got very different attitudes to, to industry. We were talking about some industry. Um, it's the same for South America. You, you're talking about Argentina having, you know, different, is it states or provinces in, in Argentina? Provinces. Provinces, right. Okay. In Brazil, it's states. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So the different provinces, you know, there are some that are more pro-mining and some that are less. How do, how do each of those interact at a federal level? In fact, how much influence does federal have on, on their activities or choices? Well, there's an overarching federal mining policy and there's, there's federal law. And the idea of a, a country like like Argentina or to some extent the U.S. or or Canada even, is that each state can enact their own laws as long as they're not in conflict with the federal law. So they need to respect the federal law. They can go beyond that. So that allows some individual provinces to put more restrictive measures in on mining if they've chosen that that's not something they want to do. Or they can put in uh, steps that that facilitate mining and encourage mining, mostly through how they process permits and how they move things forward that way. So it gives the states latitude to act more independently, but as long as they don't conflict with the federal law. So would you say Argentina at, at a federal level is pro-mining? If you, had, if you had to give it a score out of 10 for being pro-mining, what would you give them? Well, the federal legislation, um, because the states have this ability to put their own in, the federal legislation is not um, 
not very deep or detailed. Got it. Okay. And overall embracing and it's and it's it's completely workable for us. It's and and the example is there are large mines in Argentina that function perfectly well within the context of the federal law and and the and the regional or the provincial laws. And so the the federal law is perfectly fine for us right now. Um, what's more important is how the individual provinces treat things. They they have the ability to put on additional uh, NSR type royalties and and additional regulations. And if those become too heavy, it becomes a province that's not very favorable for mining. So, well, people people presumably walk or don't invest. The, the money no, you just you move. We we yeah. joke that you invest in uh, in the provinces in Argentina that begin with the letter S. So. Santa Cruz, San Juan, Salta are great places to start. It, uh, okay. it just just happens to be that way. But there are other provinces who who feel that mining is not compatible with other opportunities they have, either um, tourism or agriculture or, or or whatever it might be, and they've just chosen not to embrace mining. So as explorers or, or miners, we migrate to the areas where the conditions are, are favorable for us. The S's, I like it. <laughs> Yeah. I would throw Huey in as a possibility, and but uh, as but it but it works as a first cut on it. So okay, okay, that's actually good. I like that. Um, just back to the drilling. So the the announcement you put out last week, uh, gig rates. You you're probably pleased with that. how many holes are we talking about there? We released the first two holes. We completed four long holes in this season, um, and these holes are are done primarily to to test concepts we have. To, to determine what type of drilling we need to do around these in, in the next year. So the, it's a mixture of, of specific angle holes that are trying to test on the orientation of mineralization or testing new zones even. And so these first two, there's one from the central deposit and one from the east deposit. And particularly the one from the central had some, some really encouraging results. It has two, two major intercepts, an upper intercept of supergene mineralization which was, was quite a nice run. We had 63 meters of 0.94% copper on that. And by secondary mineralization, then it's secondary sulfide mineralization. And that's interesting because it could be processed either by milling or by SXEW. So uh, we're not at a stage of knowing which is the best pathway forward, but it's nice to know that that secondary blanket at the top of the deposit, and we speak about this a lot in the, in the press release on the new resource, is it could be exploited by lower capital cost SXEW, which produces a copper cathode in country. So it'd be an, it gives us an opportunity to have a, a starter pit that's lower capital and doesn't require export of concentrate. And it has some implications on when you, when you leach material like that, if there's arsenic in it, it doesn't enter into your copper or your concentrate. So it's, um, it's a way to get around the arsenic issue. And so that, that's important. And that hole confirmed that. And then lower down, it hit a really nice long run of nearly 600 meters of a little over 0.5% copper, with the upper portion of that being more in the range of 0.7% copper, which is, we're looking for that 0.7, 0.8% copper, the above average copper grades and in, in trying to define the, the orientation. So we're quite pleased with that. And uh, as I mentioned shortly, we'll see another couple of holes come out on it, well, another one in central. And, and the, the one hole that we completed in the QDM radio area, which is the, the relatively underexplored um, portion of the, the system that we have off to the west. Keep in mind, Altar is a, a cluster of porphyry deposits. It's not all one deposit. QDM radio right now doesn't contribute anything to the resource. We didn't have enough drilling there to define a resource, but it has some of our best drill intercepts. 
and it's particularly enriched in gold with the copper there. So it's 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 one of, of all the, the areas we're drilling right now, it's probably the one that we're most in, encouraged about right now. So um, just just looking forward to seeing that when we get those new results tabled on those in a few weeks. Right. So you're, you're quite encouraged based on what? Based on the previous intercepts. I mean, we, it's, it's the area where we've had had long runs of, of well over 1% copper equivalent with, with substantial gold. We, we even get shorter runs in there where we'll have over 1% copper and one gram of gold in the same interval. And so th those are the type grades that we're, we're really looking for. That's, that's your starter portion of a deposit. And at those grades, you could contemplate bulk underground mining as well, too. So it opens up a number of options. So we've had some very encouraging intercepts at QDM radio. Uh, we just need more drilling there. And uh, this this hole is testing a key concept of what the orientation of the mineralization we have is there. It gives us an idea. We, we know there's good mineralization. We, we need to determine what type of volume potential we have. So we're, we're looking forward to, to being able to report the results on that. Right, and now you've got the cash. You okay? We're waiting for our say, so you're, you're encouraged. We'll see those. When will we see those? How long is that going to take? Those the the labs are a little slow right now. Uh, uh, the, for when we have uh, work in Argentina, it's it's processed first in Argentina, um, and they've been having some COVID challenges on keeping the lab up. But the final assays are actually done in ALS's Lima lab in Peru. And they've been slow also due to COVID reasons and some other things like shortages of oxygen that's necessary in the analytical process. It's just hard to get right now. So all of us are suffering from a delay on that. And uh, the labs informed us that we should have all, all of our final results ar around the first week in, in July. Okay. So it's, it's coming up. It's coming up so uh -huh. too far away. So okay, we'll look out for those. Um, with regards to the money that you've raised, I mean, how much are you allocating that to drilling? Because if, if, if drilling is giving you the answers that you need, um, you know, how much are you going to spend? How long is it going to take? Well, well, you'll we see, get a, you'll look see at it. Switch now, in the, the first two full field seasons we've had on the project, what we've focused on is collection of fundamental data, the geologic mappings, uh, geophysical information, surface geochem, some, some things that surprisingly didn't exist for a project before. It was a big known deposit that had been drilled a lot, but there wasn't a lot of fundamental work that had been done. We've largely completed that now. We've got a tiny bit more geophysics that we didn't manage to complete this year. But... Um, so we'll see a shift now in the next field seasons with much more of an emphasis on drilling. So we'll go for a longer field season, more rigs and more drilling. So we'll, that'll drive the proportion of the drilling up. We'd, we'd love to have more than half of our expenditure into direct drilling costs. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So there's a lot coming down the line. Um, in fact, I just need to remind people, we've done a few interviews now. Please check the links below to get all the backstory. And we've discussed a lot of things that you, you just mentioned and we've talked about during the course of this conversation. So this is more a... Heads up, there's more drill results coming and you're planning for next drill season uh, to start paying attention. That seems to be the message I'm hearing. Absolutely. And during this quiet period too, we do have some earlier stage projects in Northern Argentina and we'll be working on those, probably not drilling. We're um, the most advanced of those projects or one of the more advanced projects there is Aguas Calientes. And the drilling, we're waiting for a permit there to be able to drill, and it's a little bit slow in Hui right now due to COVID-related issues and offices being closed. So, but we will probably have news on those projects just as we further the concepts and what we want to be doing on those projects moving forward. And an interesting thing for those that follow us to watch for is is that uh, Laura Brangwen, who runs IR for us, and Kevin Heather, our chief geologic officer, have been collaborating to put together a series of little videos that. Um, help people understand the deposit. Kevin's uh, 
an outstanding geologist, but he has an ability to kind of simplify it down for people to understand what we're doing. And Laura's working with him to, to keep it into manageable bites. And so I think over the next few weeks, you'll see a series of little video clips that come out that address different aspects. So it'll talk about how we're targeting, why we're excited about these new areas, put the current drill results and then new results coming in a few weeks into context. So watch for those because it'll help people really understand the, the project moving forward. Beautiful. I look forward to that. John, lovely to speak to you. Um, stay in touch and uh, let us know when those uh, drill results come out. Love to talk to you then. Certainly will. And just one last thing to alert uh, those of you that might follow us in the States on this is that we'll be having an OTC listing approved uh, very shortly, at it, literally at almost any moment right now. And uh, we've, we've found that there's much more awareness of the the, uh, the importance of copper and the potential copper as an investment opportunity for people in the States now, and people are kind of tuned into that. But it's always been difficult to buy a Canadian junior like us if, if you're not listed in the US. So that we think that's going to be a fundamental door opening to allow more investors to pay attention to us. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.